So again, it'll be a first listen for all of us, uh, you know, coming up at nine o'clock. And then uh, I, I guess that I didn't know much about this band, but they're called Kid Cadaver, and they're like a like a pop punk band. All right. And so I reached out to some of my friends who like the pop punk, you know, kind of stuff, and I said, "Hey, tell me about this band." They're like, "Oh yeah, you're gonna do that tomorrow. I'm gonna be listening." I said, "Okay." So they have this song called "Sleep Touching." Now I uh, I don't know it, haven't heard it. Um, what I will tell you, the twenty million is don't touch people when they're sleeping. No, you should not. That's do that. not going to be good. You like, should you're, not. You're going to get on some list. I wouldn't do it. I would not do that. Um, I, I do. We, do we have a bonus third? Uh, not that I know. Of. The only thing I was going to say is last week we found that Tom Petty track that was new. We could throw that. You want to do that? Yeah. You, see you know what? what? Honestly, we will do that. Okay. We will do All that. Right, I actually, uh, I listened to that a little bit. Uh, you know, over the uh, over the weekend. I, of course, being a big huge Tom Petty fan. I forgot about that, and then you talked about Extension being dead, and I was like, who else died? Oh yeah, Tom Petty. New music from him. So. No, 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 no. The way it should be is Tom Petty died. Who else? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Extension. 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 Okay. So nine o'clock will be uh, new tour Tuesday eight thirty. We have a great piece of audio from Mike. I know a lot of people listen to the program, huge Mike Rowe fans. He's always pretty common sensey for me, so we'll take a listen and see what he has to say about that. And uh, at 7.30, we're going to judge parenting, even though Fantone and I, not the parents ourselves. I know everybody loves when we do that. We're going to wade into parenting issues, but uh, there is something going on. And I normally am like, use this more. But in this one regard, maybe not so much. Okay. What's going on with you, buddy? Uh, not too much. We were talking before the uh, before the mics got cracked here, and we were talking. You were looking for something to uh, to binge watch or I something am. to fill your time up with in the afternoons. This show not binge watchable because the episodes are so short, and they there's not that many of them. I think they're only like fifteen to twenty minute episodes here. But have on Netflix? Have you watched Explained yet? No. So what it is, is it's like this like 10, 15, 20 minute breakdown of one subject and things that the, the, the one that I watched yesterday was marijuana, but they've done stuff like cryptocurrency. They've done oh. stuff like, you know, and it'll take like, like cliff notes. Yeah. Like essentially like something that, that, that's new and, you know, in the, in the headlines kind of, and one of the ones I'm that, always hearing about that. What's it mean? Yeah. What is that? Like they did one about the stock market and they did Ooh. like, they did like, Hey, this is how this kind of works. And I was like, Oh, Oh, I didn't know that. Real life big bang theory. Make me think I'm. I'm smart man. It, it really it made was. me think I can understand things. I was gonna say, if anything, it made me feel dumb because I was like, oh, I did not know that. Like, really? Even like, even like yesterday, like the marijuana one, where they explained why weed has changed so much in the last fifty years, as opposed to like, what you was know, the reasoning on what that? it was. Um, first and foremost, you know, watch now as the short term <laughs> memory can't remember what it was. No, 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 no. What it, what it is is uh, they started bringing weed over from colder areas. Russia was one of them and uh, India India was one of them too and they were able to kind of like cross-pollinate those Tear down the walls, man! We need the weed! With like West Coast weed, Mexico weed that we were all accustomed to throughout the 70s, 80s, and early 90s and once they started hybrids they were able to that's why, like, it's big flowers now, as opposed to you know, weed used to be leaves and stems and yeah. seeds and all that. That's why it's just those those huge Remember nugs. Remember when now. you would bite, it would be like compressed all the way down, like a flat, like like, like a potato brick. pancake, like the brick. And what that was is that that was Mexican weed coming up. That the whole thing was getting included, the stems, the seeds, everything was getting yeah. like shredded up and compacted. But now you've got those you know big buds. buds, and like the reason that weed gets sticky is because those are frustrated female plants who haven't been impregnated for. 
for generations. And that stickiness is it trying to pull that pollen in from the male plants. So like a better understanding of that, like it definitely is why explained uh, is what it's called. Yeah. Explained. It's on Netflix. Like I said, it's 15, 20 minute episodes. One of them was about cricket. And like, I had no idea about cricket, but I was like, all right, well, I've heard about cricket, like the sport, the sport. zero idea what it was. I was going to say, dude, it's just poor people buying cell phones. <laughs> but, but what dude, are you talking about? But, but dude, I watched it and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is a, a better understanding. It's like I'm all of a sudden a cricket fan, but at least now I know what that is. And I felt like, all right, well, that's. Oh, yeah, I would love that. Yeah, dude, it's really good. It really is. I would love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will get into that this afternoon. I've actually found a new show, but I'm taking your approach with it. Okay. I am not binge watching it. Okay. I will only watch one episode a day. Okay. What I have figured out is that I like binge. Now, I, explain sounds like something I could watch like four in a row, right? Yeah, 20 but, minutes. What I have found out about binge watching in me is is that it's perfectly okay with something I've seen a thousand times. Like if I watch The West Wing or if I'm going to watch Seinfeld or if I watch like something like, you know, that would be on TBS, fine. You, you know what I mean? Watch 11 in a row, just kind of laying on the couch. But if it's new content that I don't know, that I want to kind of take it in, savor it, kind of think on it, and then watch the next episode the next day or maybe even hours in between. But what I'm going to stop doing is taking new shows I kind of like and then using them like right before I go to bed, watch one episode, and then they run four as I'm sleeping and then I wake up and I'm like, ah, we'll just skip it and just you know what I mean? Like, so I've been trying to do that with this new show on Hulu called Castle Rock, I believe is what it's called. Give me a rundown of what this is, because I've heard a lot of people talking about it. and I'm a little so, confused. Well, I'm like four episodes in and I'm way confused. Okay. Like it's yeah, it's like one of those. Was it a Stephen King? Is I-, I believe it's Stephen King. And what happens is, is like this kid's growing up. He This kid's adopted. Young black kid's adopted by this family in Maine. Right. So he sticks out like a sore thumb. Right. Well, the, he goes out into the woods in the middle of the winter with his with his dad. His dad ends up dying. They blame it on the kid because the kid comes back and says they can't find the kid. They find him. And he's like, I can't remember what happened. Right. He then moves. He's now a lawyer dealing with death row inmates. And back in his hometown, they it's like Shawshank prison. And there's a, a, a like the um, the outgoing like head of the prison, like kills himself and like the new woman's like taking over the prison and they find a prisoner like down in this part of the prison that's been shut down for 30 years. Like the guy just had like a random prisoner and nobody can make sense of him. They find him and then he just, all he'll say is the kid's name who they think killed his dad when he was a kid. So they, they call him in Texas. He comes up then some supernatural stuff starts happening. I don't know. To be honest with you, I think I want to go back to episode three and be like, what did I miss? Cause I'm, I am a little like, foggy on some stuff. Stephen King stuff usually is like yeah. that, at least to me it is, where Layered. where you, you do very you have to layered. watch it once or twice or three times before yeah. you're like, oh, okay, now I see what's happening. But very, very well done so far. Yeah, I've heard good things about yeah, it. Yeah, it's very, very good. But so I, what I didn't want to be doing was getting guilty of ripping off three in a row in the middle of the afternoon and having all the information kind of mixed and matched in together. I've gotten so guilty at times. I'll watch something. I'll start paying attention to something else because I binge watch it too much or whatever. Walking around. And I'm like, this sucks, dude. This movie sucks. This TV show sucks. And I'm like, Dude, you're not even watching it. Like, how can you judge this? So, no, I, uh, I'm glad. I'm glad you're taking that approach, dude. Well, normally, what I'll, what I find myself doing is I'll go, "This sucks. This sucks," and I am okay with the fact that I'm saying it because it's like, well, just like you said, because I'm paying attention to something else. And my thinking is, is like, well, had it been any good, you would have held my attention. Although I'm not sure that's true anymore. I think, honestly, it is getting harder and harder for us to say, you know, paying attention to one thing, unless it's your pornography, you pervs. And it turns out. 
There is uh, there is evidence, they say, that flies in the face of porn-induced erectile dysfunction. I disagree just a little bit. We'll give you that next on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We're also online for you at WRQK.com. I, uh, I believe one of the things that this show does well, not that there's that many. <laughs> just one. No, here's but, one. But there's, there's, a, right. there's a few. That one of the things this show does really well and naturally is wrap itself around the city and really love Canton. Okay. And I've sung its praises. I've said it many times. Even when people who were born and raised here trashed it to me in public, I'll defend it to like where I get mad. And I'm not even from here. But it's been, it's been very, very, very good to me. And one of the things, and Fantone was the first person to point this out to me. He had been here a little while longer, worked at another radio station here, and then I moved down here, and he was like driving me around. And ever the salesman, and I was kind of in like a crappy mood, and he's like, well, look, dude, they, they, they made a flying bug out of like bumpers, <laughs> and like, dude, the city cares about like trying to, you know, do stuff. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. right? The, the cell, right? But then I moved here, and I started looking around and realizing he's absolutely right. That one of the things that a lot of small towns do is go, eh, we're a small town, pack it up, we don't really care. Canton does not do that. They keep throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks. And this is going to seem like a very little insignificant thing to a lot of you, but I think it's cool. And we actually shared it. You can see it at facebook.com slash Stansbury Show. Where, and I hope I'm saying the name of this place right. I've been in there a thousand times, but I've never asked anybody. Is it... Fronimos or mm-hmm. Fronimos? It's Fronimos. That's what I, I've always... You called it Fronimos. Fronimos, yeah. Okay, well, then we're going to go with that for this morning. Okay. All right? But on the side of their building now, they had Tim Carmody do a huge mural of Jim Morrison, which is really cool. And Joe Albert actually took the photo, and he's a phenomenal photographer, too, yeah, he's by really the way, good. and a friend of the program as well. And uh, but this looks really cool. Now I'm I used to be a really really big Doors fan. I had a little run in with. Uh, I was with, gonna say I'm surprised I, here. I had I a am. little I had a little run in with Ray Manzarek and Robbie Krieger that did not go all that well. I'm sure you can find it on YouTube. I uh, but it, it, so I have a little I have a little bittersweet with the Doors. But you cannot deny that the mural came out great and that Tim is a wildly talented artist. There's no denying it. Yeah, Tim's the guy who owns the hub, which is uh, 6th Street and McKinley, I want to say. It's which is Ka- where Brett Favre was, right? Right, 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 right. Where that where that was of him. There's the he's it's the one with the LeBron where he's like in middle school or whatever. It's got that posted up right there. Oh, that was always really good too. Yeah, yeah. so like he's done a ton of really cool stuff throughout the town. So it's uh it's not surprising to see that he's, you know, was commissioned to do this piece, but you've got that piece, you've got the Maslin versus McKinley um, uh, rivalry piece that's getting finished up and should be done by the time Hall of Fame gets here right yeah. now, and they just finished up, uh, this. I think it's the sixth installment of the 11, which is supposed to be the 11 biggest moments of uh, professional football. They, the Monday Night Football is the yeah. one that they're finishing this year, so like these things are all getting done like right now this week. And that new, the, well, is that the new one right outside of, um, is it Bender's? Is the one right outside of there? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it, the Monday Night Football one. Right That's, there in that parking yep, lot. And the, yeah, that one's really nice. And the Maslin McKinley one is kind of like, it's on Cleveland, kind of catty corner to Busbin a little bit further down. I think it's next to the, uh, whatever, uh, the Saxon Photo Gallery. Okay, I'm not sure I've seen that yet. So, like, I mean, there's all these new pieces popping up, and it is cool because, you know, a lot of it's football, like a lot of it is, and that's obviously something we kind of have to embrace, but a lot of it's yeah. music, too. Like, it where, where that Jim Morrison picture is, on the other side of it is Busbin, right. which is where you see the 
the the music that, block. Right. You see the Hank the Hank Williams. You see yeah. um, I can't remember who the other two artists are up there, but there's a lot of music stuff there too. So it's cool. Now, I don't. What I don't want to do is say this and then have and then have myself proven wrong in two days. Okay. Okay. But I feel comfortable enough. You know what? I'm just gonna say it. There we go. One of the things that I like is is that if you know where this mural is, it's approachable. Like as soon as you get out, you could touch it with your hand. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. And I'm always hearing about how bad Canton is. Oh, it's so bad. Crime's so bad. Oh, downtown's so scary. That I feel confident that nobody's gonna mess with that. Like you can't put a mural up of LeBron James in L.A. Right. Can't do that. Right. Can't do that. I feel confident that even come come and go first Friday, which is this Friday, right? right. I even have that. That I believe that that will go unharmed. Isn't that crazy? For as a city as everybody is telling me how scared of it as I'm supposed to be. Oh my God, downtown, terrifying. Are you crazy? You live down there? Oh my God, can so ghetto, so hood. It's all I ever hear people say. And yet, I feel like that's going to be just fine there. Yeah, dude, you, you you say that, and like you think about that crazy? All, all the stuff that's downtown, and literally just every street corner has a statue. You know what I mean? Like primarily, there's something whether it's a rhino a, out of tires or whatever. A, 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 a million different things. Almost every side of the building has some sort of art on it. I mean, there's you know all throughout court. There's fine. and I can't think of any time where there's been like outside of. Ice sculptures getting knocked down after the the January first Friday. Like, there's never nah. there's never been like the big story of like you know, uh, graffiti artists go through and destroy you know anything like that. Yeah, that's no, a good observation. There. No, in a lot of cities, I think people would be like a giant duck made out of metal rings. Push it over. You know what I mean? And that doesn't seem to happen here. So for a place I'm supposed to be so terrified to live in, so terrified. Oh my god, downtown. How dare? Oh my god, you live down there. You should be scared. Now Canton's got its warts. But you're right, welcome dude. To a man, but, but you're to right. Life. But you're right, dude. I mean, like, welcome to life. That that very much does go to show that, like, number one, people are trying, and number two, fingers crossed, the community is embracing it at least somewhat, right? Of like, all right, well, we're not going to go destroy this. Now watch some idiot like pour black paint all over it today, just because you hate me. <laughs> I just don't want them to be right. Just throw the paint over Morrison. No, don't do it. Don't Honestly, do that. Do it came out really, really great. I'm sure like a lot of other things, come Friday, a lot of you are going to be standing in front of it, wanting to take selfies, wanting to take pictures with it, and you should. It's cool. What I This is what I've always said. Your city doesn't give up, Canton. So as much as you want to trash it day in and day out, and look, everybody kind of like hates on where they're from. But your city doesn't give up. It could be worse. You could be Youngstown. More Sansbury Show right around the corner. You guys hang on. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. 9 o'clock is Nutri Tuesday, new Extension, new Kenny Chesney, new Kid Cadaver, all part of that. Also, we have uh, the latest, well, not really the latest, I guess it's an, uh, something old from Tom Petty. I'll tell you that as well. We were talking before the break, this new mural of Jim Morris in downtown Canton on, uh, on the side of Fronimo's. Again, done by uh, Tim Carmony from The Hub. Really well done. If you haven't seen it, facebook.com slash Stansbury Show. Also, Instagram, Dan.Stansbury is how you can see it. It's pretty sweet. Well done. 
And uh, I love that about this place. Every time I like walk downtown, it's like, oh, yeah, that's kind of new. And oh, yeah, look, they painted that. I don't know. I just kind of dig it. A lot of picture taking um, opportunities, especially this coming week, obviously, with this week being Hall of Fame week. So there has been a lot of speculation on porn induced erectile dysfunction. And the theory had long been that the more porn you watched, that the more desensitized you would be to sexuality as a whole, and the less likely you would be to achieve an erection with a woman in the bed because it's not living up to what you've seen on the screen. It doesn't play out the same way. Why isn't she acting like this? First of all, what's she talking for? Like that whole thing. And like, so people had thought that there was a connection in that. Yeah, I mean, what do you mean you don't want to get jackhammered? Like, well, yeah, I mean, of course I don't necessarily. Yeah, not everybody that, wants to be know? pile drived on okay. the couch. Right. right. Exactly right. Okay. And so the the theory had long been that the more porn you watch, the more it was going to screw with the wiring in your brain. So they've done a couple of studies. And if what I'm reading is true here, they say there is they they have yet to find a link between just simply watching too much pornography and erectile dysfunction. Now, I don't buy it as of yet. I don't. I believe that there are men out there, not everybody that could fall victim to this, but I believe that there are men out there that your porn viewing habits can be so obsessive that a real woman isn't going to live up to the fantasy you've built in your head. I know it sounds crazy that, well, if you're that addicted to porn, any woman who's willing to have sex with you, you think you'd just be happy. It's like, dude, you got to understand there are some people out there that would prefer to masturbate than have sex. Yeah. And like, I don't think that, I don't think it's crazy at all. I think you're, I think you're spot on with that. Um, I wonder if they're, oh, looking, I thought we were going to argue a little well, bit. Well, I mean, like, but I just wonder if they looked at this as erectile dysfunction. Well, can it happen? Of course. Sure. I mean, like, I, I, I think it's much like, you know, drinking. Where it's like, well, can alcohol be a problem for you? Of course. Is it for everybody? No. no. So, like, I, sure. I, I think I think there's a little bit there. I wonder if when they say erectile dysfunction, are they are they differentiating between like true to the heart, my my penis is not working correctly, erectile dysfunction, and that mental I can't get it up, erectile dysfunction. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, they looked into both, and they're okay. trying to figure out where they cross over because the one can lead to the other too. Like worrying about the fact that you can't have it can actually lead to the fact that you can't do it. So they are looking into some of that. What they say here is is that it's not necessarily what you're watching and how often you're watching pornography that that ends up leading to erectile dysfunction is, issues when you when you try to go have sex. It's actually what you're doing let's tread lightly here, but okay. what you're doing with your penis. Okay. Apparently obsessive porn users, if I'm reading this pro- properly at Men's Health, that there is a grip issue. And there is a a squeeze issue and a stop-start issue that cannot be replicated. And so, like, there there is a grip pressure issue, like, as you're, like, scrolling through the videos, there's a, 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 again, I got to be careful because they're using words in this article, I cannot. So they are, so they're, they're leaning me down the path of there's a rubbing over the clothing to start. There's the, the, so these things cannot be replicated in sex. So therefore, while you're getting ready to climax while watching pornography, doing this motion, you've trained your brain to expect this to be what goes on with sex. And then you go to have sex and your brain's like, bro, where is this? This is Pavlov's dogs with your penis here. This was essentially what we're talking about. Well done. Okay. All right. Well so, done. so, 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 so. Uh, 
without the ceremony of masturbation, without the like, okay, this is when I turn my computer on, this is when I, you know, this is when I find the video I want, this is when I, without all of that, that's what's preventing people from getting an erection. Never even thought of that, dude. Never even thought of that. No, I would have just thought, honestly, watching tens that sat in a makeup chair for 12 hours. Right, but, right. But tens get railed all day. That, that that would lead to this isn't living up to what the fantasy is. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think, like I said, I don't disagree with what you're saying there. I, I, I think that both of those probably, when we really get down to it, play into that. I mean, like, if you're a porn hound and that's what you do, yes, I think both of those things are probably negatively impacting you. Yes. But the fact of the matter is, is that she's not touching you in the way that you touch yourself. She's not going to be able to and it's sad. Rip to it say, off. It won't, it's sad to say, but her her vagina isn't necessarily going to be able to replicate what you do on a regular no. basis to yourself. So like, wow, dude. I could wow. see this being true. Wow. I could see this being true. Cause again, dude, like a different activity. But sometimes I'll be daydreaming while I'm driving, and it's like, why am I gripping this steering wheel so? T- <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, I, I can see it as you know, you're there. You are on spank wire trying to figure out what to watch. It's like, yeah, I mean, I can see maybe that going down. And I think especially younger men who have, for the most part, been adults throughout like the pornography revolution of like it being main, mainstream, acceptable, and accessible. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if you've never, if you didn't have to, you know masturbate to a Playboy magazine, you know what I mean? If you've always had that stimulation and always had that outs available to you, I guess I'm not surprised to hear this. I just, I never thought of it. Dude, I had a buddy once tell me that, uh, and this is what makes me think that this could be true. He once told me that, dude, he had, like, uh, he was applying a little too much pressure Yeah. while uh, <laughs> during said activity that one time when he got done, he jumped in the shower and he had to like shower with his back facing the water because <laughs> the water hitting his penis was like it was so sore that it was like he couldn't have the hot water hit it. And I was like, buddy, okay, for, oh. it's like do couple of things here, right? Couple of things: a, don't do that ever again, and b, definitely don't tell other. People. <laughs> what are you doing telling other people you did it for? That was really dumb. More standard show right around the corner. You guys, hang on. The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream cut. Yo, guys, Fantone from the Stansberry Show here to tell you about the Rollholt Vision Institute. It still happens to me all the time, dude. I wake up in the morning, I reach for my glasses, and all of a sudden I remember, dude, you do not need those. I got 20-20 vision thanks to the LASIK surgery I had done at Rollholt. And I'm telling you, your summertime is going to be so much easier when you don't have to worry about glasses or contacts. So if you've been thinking about LASIK surgery, I know you have some questions, which is why the Rollholt Vision Institute has made everything perfectly clear for you at their website. That is RollholtVision.com. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. We're on Rock 106. 9 o'clock is New Tour Tuesday. New Extension, new Kenny Chesney, new Kid Cadaver, all part of that. Also some Tom Petty from like way back, 82, I guess. All right. Um, we're going to talk a little politics here. Okay. Now, I know that makes everybody freak out. Yeah, dude, I just tightened up, dude. I just <laughs> but clenched it. I'm going to stay away from... You know, what side's right, what side's wrong, and like, or any one particular issue. There's just something I'm noticing that's happening that is very, very strange. I'll give you an example. This very morning, 
I read a tweet. You'll have to excuse me. I forget the guy's name, but he's a congressman from Oregon. Where he was tweeting about the first lady. And he had said, did you know the first lady works by the hour? Insinuating she's a prostitute. And then there was one hashtag, but the second hashtag was hobag. Hobag. Now, I don't care how you feel about one side or the other side or this president or this first lady. Well, Michelle Obama was classier. I, that doesn't matter. Okay? That doesn't matter to me. The filter I put this through is I'm trying to imagine 12-year-old Stansberry running through his parents' house. And my mom, Dean, get in here. The congressman's calling the first lady a hobag. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Hobag is now like, yeah, just say it. Like, just hobag it. Dude, so something I can't say in the office about a woman, not even to her, but about her, without me being written up in HR or probably fired, we can now tweet out. Just it, just an examination. All right? Just a look at that. Then, yesterday, I saw a little bit of this, and I'm going to need Fantona to kind of help me wade through this, because I'm sure you read this whole thing. We're out of Virginia now. Leslie... Cockburn of all names. Jeez Louise, dude. Even reading that yesterday, I was like, why did it have to be Leslie Cockburn? Is calling out her um her Republican opponent for being what she called a devotee of Bigfoot erotica? Yeah. And then apparently she had like posted a Photoshop photo, a poorly one, a poorly done one, by the way, where she takes his like headshot and puts it on like a Bigfoot body. It's all very strange. I, I, I wish this was like, well, you know, what do I want to say here? That this was just her being crazy, but this dude really is a Bigfoot like. Whoa, so there's smoke, there's fire there's, to the there's smoke? There's fire to the smoke. Now, do I know that he's a, a big Bigfoot like pornogra- you know, pornographical fan? Right, no. Well give, well, give me the fire to the smoke then. Um, He, I guess, was a part of an organization where it's like, hey, you know, Bigfoot, is it real? Is it not real? Or whatever okay. like that. And I guess was a part. Well, that's okay. Was a part of putting out a book where they talked about. Bigfoot's mating habits and things like that, and the women who love Bigfoot. I think that's what it was called. Was like uh, the mating habits of of the, of the you know the whatever. Or whatever, and then and the, and the women who love him. So uh, there was that level of like Jeez. that you know. But my thing with it is, and I really like. Well, let's not pretend there wouldn't be women who, women who would bang Bigfoot. Of course, I mean I, you know w- women write mass murderers in prison. But you know the thing is, is like these fantasies about supernatural things i guess i just don't have a problem with like i'm sure there's people out there that want to bang werewolves and i'm sure there's people out there that are like yeah dude you know what like a mummy fantasy or something like that vampires all that stuff i i I mean i don't that's not my cup of tea but like i don't necessarily understand like where don't get me wrong i don't think it affects your ability to govern if that's what you're saying it's weird but if you believe in it does it does it like if you if you if you believed in werewolves would that negatively impact the way you think that you could govern? I want to say yes, okay? I do. But what we both know to be true, though, Fantone, is if I took any member of government, now, past, future, present, whatever, if I took any member from either side and I started really talking to them about things that they believed, you're going to find out that a lot of these people we, that we respect and you know, revere are, that are guilty of believing all kind of crazy stuff. If you're in the position now where you're believing in supernatural things like that, 
I don't know. I, I, I have a serious doubt in my mind about Different you. Different to, to, to believe in it in the 60s when we got so much more like, hey, we've been on the hunt of this and we've seen no proof. Yeah, different different okay. now than, it, than it's been in the past. And certainly you I, don't, go, I, I wouldn't argue that. You can go 200 years ago and you, I'm sure there's plenty of people. But like, if you're a but fl- how many people in government right now believe in Pizzagate? I mean, I, I mean a lot, right? I, I I would like to think I would like to think that's more of a fringe element of the internet than people who are making governing decisions. But I don't I know hope, that to be I, true. Well, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. This is what I find strange about all of this. Like we'll go back to the we'll go back to the Oregon congressman tweeting out and using the hashtag hoebag for the first lady, which I don't think is right. All right, I wouldn't have said that about any. I just I don't like that. I don't. It's just, I'm not a big fan. Okay, like this is why I wanted to examine this. It seems to me that one of the things that's happening right now in the political world of all worlds, by the way, is hot mic like comments that you're like, oh, I didn't know that was being recorded. Oh, I didn't know my microphone was still on or oh, like those those we didn't we caught a little of who you really are when nobody was looking moments. Right are now just what we tweet. It's just what we say. Yeah, I was going to say, not even just say it, but like say it in the most public of forums where you're like, the written word is recorded forever, where it's like, here, here's here's me calling the first lady a hoe bag. Like, I'm you're hashtagging right. hoe bag. You're right. If there would have been like, a, if there would have been a hot mic situation where he would have said that. like with his staff and be like, dude, I got to tell you, dude, the first lady, she's kind of a hoe bag, right? Like, that would be one thing, and that's his opinion, and I would be okay with it. Hot mic didn't know, fine. But to hashtag hoe bag. Hashtag hoe bag. To stand next to it. As as a political person, somebody who's holding office, it's just strange. Now I know what the other side because he's he's a, a Democrat, so I know what Democrats are thinking. You're thinking you're avoiding talking about how Trump is the one that brought us here. Maybe he did. Maybe he did. Maybe 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 he did bring down the bar just a little bit. That's not okay. I don't like it. Yeah, and I mean certainly just because somebody brings down the bar doesn't mean that you live to it. And I think that's a real problem is we all kind of race to the bottom and it's like, well, pff, if you're going to act this way, I'm going to act that way even more. I think so. you're right it's about like, that. Well, no wonder no wonder the entire system is in shambles right when, when, when we when we yeah. both like, well, you went lower, now I'm going lower. Um I I I guess with with like hashtag #hobag I don't love it. I, I I don't love it either. I, I I don't know what was this guy a state senator or was this I, I don't I don't I I, mean, I guess I didn't read this story so a I don't know. Congressional. Um. Uh. He's a congressman from Oregon. So you are still an elected official. I mean, you're going to have a different opinion for what a congressman can do and get away with and what, you know, the president can do and can get away with. But at the end of the day, you are an elected official representing a constituency here. It's not great. It is not great. Like, okay, so the, so this is what I, this is what I found interesting about that particular guy. Okay, so you disagree with the first family. You disagree with the president, and I'm sure all the people who voted for you do. Okay, so yeah, you got them locked up. I get it. But do you mean to tell me that there are women who voted for you who want somebody representing that district who, right? Like, well, there are people who are going to say, like, dude, I don't even want my radio show guy saying ho bag, let alone a congressman. Well, but I mean, and I, I mean, I don't want to be like, well, what about? But like, I mean, the president has, is this the new standard? Is this the yeah, new, Yeah, but what like, I'm saying is, is that that's, dude, but that's the reason why people say he's a dangerous guy to have as president because of the kind of people that like him. So you can't then go to it and then expect your people to be okay with what you're doing. They're supposed to be, they're supposed, supposed to be to better. higher standard. So I guess the, the, the right? argument is there is like, well, the people can complaining about this is it like do you hold that standard across the board and 
I, I would I would guess not. My guess is the people who are actually going to be like outraged by what he did. Now I'm not outraged. I'm just care, looking. Yeah. At, I'm just looking at it and saying. And again, the filter I put it through mostly is my mom screaming to my dad in the other room. Dean, they're calling her a hoe bag. Like, first of all, I don't even think my mom would have ever said it. So, like, that's crazy that we're now like that. Politicians are tweeting words my mom wouldn't use or say because of the dirtiness of them. Like, so that's a little strange for me. This is a weird time that's happening. Very weird time. I mean, you're right. When you're calling each other hoe bags and saying, yo, you want to go bang Bigfoot, you're a Bigfoot ever. We're on the playground. Hey, uh, right. What are, what, what are we doing here? Where are the grownups? Like, where did they go? Like, it got a little, dude, grown up got a little demystified when I hit 40 and I realized I no. was my dad's age when I was a certain age. And I thought, oh, well, no. he's an adult and he's got it all figured out. No, no he, he had no clue. Terrified every night about how he was going to get everything done. So adulthood's been a little demystified for me, but there is a little bit of like, guys, it's the whole country, though. Like, can you guys get your act together? Like, come on, man. And I, I understand, you know, you, like you said, disagreeing with the first family or whatever, or Fine. even trying to play your cards is like, I'm as anti-Trump as humanly possible. Fine. But taking things to that level. And then I, I just want to, because somebody sent me a message about this on Facebook where it's like, I, I, do I agree with banging Bigfoot? No. At the end of the day, that's more akin to bestiality to me than I, I, I would like to be a part of. But like, there's no, but there's no victim here. If you want to masturbate to supernatural, things I don't care what side of the aisle are I defend your right to do that that's he's because he was like he was like the left wants to say you can bang anybody you want do whatever you want and it's like yeah dude we're not talking about a real thing here so if you want to if you want to watch Bigfoot porn do it (laughs) well I mean yeah I mean there's people there's furries out there yeah there's there's people doing weird stuff in the bedroom and the last thing I want is to be like all right well what are you doing so no go ahead and bang Bigfoot yeah I mean like I said (laughs) I can judge people about a lot of stuff what makes them sexually turned on. I mean, do you, uh, I don't need anybody. I don't need anybody going over me with a fine tooth comb and what make my. You know what I mean? What make what might push my buttons? You, dude. You know what? Furry's fine. I think you're creepy. I think there is weird stuff going on behind that, but. We're not talking about, we're, yeah, you know what? Let's keep it on the furries. Let's not talk about me. All right. Everybody's favorite thing, which of course is sarcasm, is when I sit parents down and go, what the hell are you thinking? And judge you for some of the things you're doing with your kids when I myself don't have kids. You don't even know you don't have kids. I can't wait to hear it. But something is going down. Normally, I'm like, yeah, use this. But in this manner, I'm not sure it's right. That's all next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. 9 o'clock is New Tour Tuesday. New Extension, new Kenny Chesney, new Kid Cadaver. Also, uh, some not new, but old Tom Petty. Looking forward to getting into that as well. So I read this, and uh, I'm not surprised that it's happening, but I'm, I'm not sure I would do this myself. I um, I sing the praises constantly. Of Uber and Lyft. Ride sharing. I believe in the idea. And it's made my life really, really convenient. And I actually said to Fantone this morning as we were, I was like, hey, we're going to end up doing that Uber story. And I said to him, I was like, dude, imagine being a cab company. You were 95% there for 50, 100 years. All you had to do was create the request a ride system. That's all you had to do was create that part. You were 95% of the way home. Some moron from San Francisco goes, you know, dude, they, they almost got it. I'm going to fix this. 
Hey, you had the cars, you had the drivers, you had everything all, all lined it. up. You had the name, dude. Everybody knew what taxis were. Everybody was familiar with the concept, and you just couldn't get the app developed in time. Got to evolve, man. Always be evolving. Otherwise, somebody is going to come right by you. It's just the way it is. Now, it is interesting that Uber, I believe, under 10 years old, or at least in the ballpark of that, I don't know how when they actually launched in their hometown, but I, I believe even when I first moved here, Uber wasn't in Canton five yeah. years ago. Yeah. So it's still an infant. Yeah, still very relatively young. And for all the issues that it went through, nobody cares. Like, Well, they care enough. This is actually why I'm talking about that. Because they care enough to where we already got to be on TV saying, hey, sorry, we screwed up so bad. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's very telling how these newfangled companies... Who are by the ones who want, by the way, the ones that want to set the narrative of what the country talks about are the ones who have to be on TV, Facebook, Uber. Hey, sorry, we screwed everything up. Hey, you can still trust us, by the way. And anytime somebody telling you that, it's why. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, you really can't. People will continue to do so, though. At this point, like I thought if this was going to come down, if the house of cards of that Uber built is going to come down, it would have came down. You run the apology for another six months, and hey, whatever. Because no, you'd be fine. Because at this point, people don't even know what you're apologizing for. I think at this point, you could drop it off and be fine. Well, that's what's great about this country, is that you can go on TV with an apology and not have to address what you're apologizing for. It's hysterical. But it's hilarious to me that these companies who want to set the narrative about equality and all these other subjects, this is where it's all coming from, is these tech companies out there. That's where all that stuff's coming from, and yet they're the ones all guilty of being dirty on stuff. Hysterical, right? Well, now what's happening with Uber, a service I love, by the way, I'm going to use it especially this week with Hall of Fame week being here. I'm going to want to go out. I'm going to want to be you know, having the wine with dinner and that whole thing. Going to want to be doing the stuff. So I'm going to Uber back and forth. But one of the things people are doing with it, which is against Uber's policies, by the way, from what I'm reading here, is you're now requesting a ride and sending it to your home to pick up your kid to take it to school, your kid to school. I don't know if I love it. Now, I've argued that America is getting too soft and that when I was a kid, you could walk up and down the street. You could walk home from places, right? right? Now, maybe you shouldn't have been doing that when I was a kid. I have also made this claim, and it is true. My mom was just here, and we were just talking about it as I drove her through our old neighborhood so she could see my dad's house. And what do I, I, I'm always talking about this, that when I was growing up, my parents, not that they were friends with everybody who lived on their street, they knew everybody's name. And sure enough, my mom, 72, hasn't lived in Ohio in 15 years. We went up and down Pirate's Trail in Aurora Shores, and she listed everybody's house and knew their name. You don't know the person who lives across the street from you right now. We're, that's different about the country. There's no denying that. So as I argue that we're getting softer, I always say, ah, dude, the kid should be able to walk home from the park. Ah, let the kid you know, do this. I don't think I put my eight-year-old in the back of an Uber. Because even if I told my kid, hey, walk home from the store, hey, walk home from the park, what's the first thing I'm going to tell my kid before they do that? Whatever you do, don't get in the car with somebody you don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely get you there. I guess that's legitimately the first thing I'm going to tell my kid not to do. But what's stopping your eight year old from getting snatched up? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, 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 I hear that because you're not wrong. Because if, if if somebody wants to victimize a child, that's what you're going to do. Much like gun restrictions, no law, no no saying, hey, Uber can't do this. If you want to victimize a child, you're going to do it. Yeah. And an eight year old by themselves. Just as easy to grab, you know what I mean? Like it just seems like, I mean, 
Dude, you just got your. I mean, do you might as well put a bow on your kid? Yeah, but I can I can hire a babysitter off of uh, babysitters.com or whatever the hell we're talking. You know what I mean? And I can do that. Yeah, What's but, the difference? But aren't you still screening and interviewing and sitting down with that person before you do it? Our parents? I I don't know. Well, I would hope they are. I would hope you people are. I think there's plenty of situations in life where it's like, no, I'm just hiring this this lady off of nanny.com because this is the situation that we're in. Oh, I don't like that. I I, I think that's probably pretty commonplace. If where- I found out my wife just hired somebody and we didn't like interview or screen or look, I, I honestly I would think about divorcing my wife. I mean, I guess, and it's like, well, how are you? Like, are you that dumb, honey? I I, I mean, and I, I I guess maybe you have a little bit more time before you request an Uber ride, but it's like, what are you, John Q. Public, doing? You just googling the person or like? Well, no, dude, you can pay to have, before I let somebody watch my kid, I am paying to have a background check. So on. anytime they go to a baseball practice, you're, you're, you're going through all, all coaches. You're going, no, you know but what I mean? anybody that's going to come into my home to be in my house with my kid when, like, babysit when I'm not going to be there, yes, I'm paying the couple hundred dollars, the thousand, whatever it is, before you're watching my kid. I don't think that's happening in, in a vast majority of situations. Well, I think that's parents falling down on their gig. I'm sorry. I'm going to judge you. And this is what I always say. You know why I feel comfortable judging you? It's because I know that's the standard of what a parent should do, which is why I didn't have kids, because I understand how hard that standard is to live up to. See, what you did, what a lot of people who want to bitch at me right now did is you got pregnant by accident and then went, you don't get what it's like. No, this is what I'm always telling you. I know exactly what it's like. And that's why I was like, nope, my standard of what it takes, A, my standard of what you should make as a person to raise a kid in America is way more than most people make. Way more. Way more. And I'm talking one kid. It is way more than what most people make. It's way, it's like, honestly, it's almost three times what I make is what I think people should have to make before you have kids in this country. So there's that. I knew I wasn't going to, I knew I wasn't going to always be able to live up to my financial expectations of doing it. I also knew I wasn't going to be able to live up to my standard of doting after it, taking care of the child, shouldn't say it. Go ahead and that, say it. <laughs> I knew I wasn't going to be able to live up to what my standard of parenting would have to be. And I didn't want to feel less than about myself knowing I wasn't living up to my standard. So I made a decision early on. You know what? Let's just worry about the career. Let's just put everything into work. Let's not worry about this. Now, I would send an Uber to pick up my 15-year-old, but my 8-year-old... I don't know, dude. Like, I don't love it. We've seen enough of this. Like, I would even worry about, and I say this all the time, like, yeah, I feel like I can use Uber, but I'm a six foot two, 230-pound dude. Like, I don't even love the idea of putting my drunk girlfriend in an Uber by herself. You know what I mean? Because they're just you just never know what's going to happen, so I'm definitely not doing it with my eight-year-old kid. I would definitely think twice about that. 39% of you are doing something at work, and you need to stop it right now. That's next on Rock 106.9. Boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Still to come, 9 o'clock, New Tour Tuesday. Brought to you by the Hard Rock there. New Extension, new Kenny Chesney, new Kid Cadaver, all part of that. I, uh, I thought we were ready to talk about this, but I, uh, I forgot we actually have this slated for 8.45, not 7.45, so we got to move that. But I do want to talk about that because 39% of you are doing something, not every day, but often enough to where I need to look at you creepy. Yeah, you should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit there. Also some uh, audio from Micro coming up at 8.30. 
Dude, so are we going to get Bryce Harper? Is that going to be a thing? Like, is Bryce Harper going to be an Indian? Because that would be kind of cool, right? Now, yesterday, reports came out that the Indians and Nationals had been in contact with each other. Yeah. Um, feeling out, you know. I heard very little momentum on the talks, though. And that's what I was going to say, is that, of course, the Indians are calling and saying, yo, Bryce Harper, can we get him? What do we want? Yeah, what do you want? Right. I mean, that's just inevitable. So, like, I know the Indians fans are very excited about the about the prospect, but, like, I don't know if it's going to happen. Well, I mean, again, if I'm baseball, I'm rooting for this, right? Because the Indians have a shot to win the World Series. And if you're Major League Baseball, the one, people could, I mean, Mike Trout, there's other guys, but like Bryce Harper, everybody knows the name at least. I don't know if you could pick him out of a lineup, but you've heard the name Bryce Harper. So he is one of your like legit stars of your game. The best thing that could happen is for one of the individuals that people know of to win a title, to win a championship. That helps Major League Baseball, right? Like Scott was talking about the other day. They've had a hard time selling individual stars. But if one of them won a World Series, now all of a sudden it's easier, right? I guess you're getting into a territory here of like, well, first of all, if we're just looking at it from the MLB perspective, wouldn't you rather be the Dodgers? Wouldn't you rather it be the Cubs? Wouldn't you rather it be the Phillies? You know what I mean? Like, wouldn't I mean inside the bigger conversation? Yeah, get, I want Bryce Harper in a contender. All all those teams. I mean, Yankees, Red Sox, Astros, Phillies. Like those teams are all contenders. So like Cleveland is the least likely of landing spots from there. No, yeah, Major League Baseball would rather have them in a huge city in any of those cities. Yes. So with with, with for that, that, honestly, you'd almost rather keep them in Washington versus Cleveland. Yeah, and I mean Washington, I think sits third in their division right now, but like Cleveland on top of theirs. But I guess to me, it's like, does Bryce Harper really open up the window? For a a, a, a a championship run here. And I know the Indians are good. I don't know if they're one piece away, especially an outfield piece away from being well, they a, tr- a true to the heart contender. From what I'm from what I read all day yesterday, that people really do feel like outfield is someplace where we need a lot of help. Definitely an area where you could improve. I don't know if it's enough of a shot in the arm. Isn't he also going to bring quite the, quite the bit of like run production? The thing is, Bryce Harper's having kind of an off season this year. Is I, he? I don't know. Yeah, and I was going to say, and I know, I know he won the home run derby, but like, yeah, n- but I mean, come on, numbers not exactly what they were in his past. Okay. And I didn't I, know that. I, I do know that, like, the th- the way I kind of view it as is, would Bryce Harper help the Indians in their run to win a World Series this year? Yes. So I think the window would get opened larger. I think Shane Bieber would would do a better job of keeping that window open longer. You see what I'm saying there? Yeah. There's this one shot where it's like, yeah, we can make we can make it bigger, but it's going to shut much more quickly after that. Where I think Shane Bieber in the organization is going to help. Now, granted, he's a starting pitcher, but like, is going to help the the issue that the Indians have within their pitching organization for our pitching you know arm for the next five years. I think if you're not named Francisco Lindor, Jose Ramirez, or Corey Kluber. If I can get the star in baseball, you're all tradable. And if, especially if we're talking prospects, if we're talking a guy might turn into something, give me the guy that's already something. Shane Bieber's a stud. He is. He's, I mean, he's, you know. I mean, I've, again, from what I read, and I was reading baseball media people yesterday, he's considered to be like not a finished project yet, though. Like, it's kind of like, ah, we, we got a lot more time to put into Shane Bieber. And, Again, if I said this people, who's Shane Bieber, most people are going to say, well, Justin's brother, right? Or if you say Bryce Harper, what are people going to say? The stud of baseball. 
Give me the star. Go give me the. Uh, give me somebody who's going to. I want ticket sales. I want people going through the turnstiles. Give me the star. You need the star. Sports are run on stars, not prospects. Give me the guy who's already a star. That's who I want. Now, again, I watch a lot less baseball than a lot of you. I care about baseball a lot less than a lot of you. I don't even care about baseball until after the All-Star game. Because I think just the much like the NBA, it's like, ah, get me a little deeper in the season. Then I'll start to care. When games don't matter, they that's just it. They just don't matter. But if we're talking trade me prospects versus like a stud, give me the stud. I want the star. Stars run, run sports. It's exactly why you wanted LeBron James to stay a Cavalier, because stars run sports. More Stansbury Show, right around the corner. Guess hang on. Oh, Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. 9 o'clock is New Tour Tuesday at the Hard Rock. So you know what we'll do at 9.30? Hmm. We'll give you some tickets to go to the Hard Rock. Oh. And you'll go see George Thorogood at the Hard Rock. We'll do that during New Tour Tuesday. Where you're getting Extension, Kenny Chesney, Kid Cadaver, all part of it. I had heard this story two days ago, and I thought I had misunderstood somebody in the hallway when they were telling it to me. And then I read it again this morning, and I was like, no, wait, this has happened. Where a guy in North Carolina has won a lawsuit, was awarded by a judge $8.8 million. A lot of money right there. Now, I don't know how we come up with numbers. I don't know how we get to 8.8. Why can't it be 9 or $8 million? I don't know. Like, Is that just playing God just to play God? Yeah, make it 8.8 just because I said. I was going to say, if anything, it's probably just easier to pull it up to like the even number of nine, and nine million Roll there. But I mean, that's what we do with penis inches. Yeah, it's six. Y'all, dude, it's a strong, it's a strong six. You know um, what I mean? But, that's what we do. Uh, yes, but I, I think in the court of law, it's like, no, this is, and, and you're right, what are these arbitrary numbers we're just picking out of the sky here? But $8.8 million, that's a lot of cash there. Now, he won this money because they ruled in favor of him claiming that another man had destroyed his marriage. Ooh. So he filed a civil complaint back in April of last year, alleging that this man of Texas committed criminal conversation, alienation of affection, intentional infliction of emotional distress, Negligent infliction of emotional distress and assault and battery. So a lot of uh, a lot of charges here. We're a talking lot of about. stuff going okay. on here. So the judge gave him two and a half million dollars, as well as another six point six million in punitive dam- uh, damages. Now the guy who has been ruled against says, "Look, I'm going to appeal this." Of course, right? And nine nine million dollars. We're talking. Of course, you're going to appeal it. So under North Carolina law. Criminal conversation is a crime committed when a person has sex with a married person before separation. So before divorce. So right out of the gate, we've already got something on the books here in North Kakalaki where it sounds like, like it. Yeah. So so this isn't even like unprecedented ter- territory we're Must getting into. Be. This is this is this is what this law is for. Wow, dude, I didn't know this. Alien of affection is a crime committed when a person destroys genuine love and affection in marriage. Which that one I don't like. Because if your wife will have sex with me, did I destroy genuine love and affection? My guess is no. 
My guess is I had sex with a hoe who had no general love and affection for you. Well, now that's the way that you're imagining your scenario would run out. Now, if you were constantly seducing my wife, if you were constantly, you know, like doing things like that, knowing that she was married, saying, leave so your I husband. Her. Yeah, I mean, you duped or convinced or whatever. I mean, like, you, you know, yes, there is there is probably... You know, a valid point to what you're saying, but if I can prove in the court of law that you knew and you continued to pursue, I guess we're in a different different territory. This here. guy uh, claims that that uh, the affair led to his business, which I guess he does BMX stunt shows. <laughs> what hell of a business, right there! All right, the BMX stunt show guy. Here it is. He, he lots of energy drink for everybody. He lost he lost revenue as uh, as as well as another employee. And uh, apparently the affair forced him to pay more for household help, child care, and counseling as well. I mean, your wife's gone. Now all of a sudden you're taking care of the two kids. You're still trying to have your job. Like, it's going to cost you more to be single than to be married, right? $8 million, though? $8.8 million because you had sex with somebody else's wife? Now this guy, the, uh, the, 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 the cheater, or not the, well, I guess the, the other man in this situation, he obviously has money. You know what I mean? Like, this wasn't just like, they didn't just pick this number out of thin air and say, hey, you owe us $8 million. This guy obviously has some cash. So I wonder I wonder how that weighed out. Yeah, well, it doesn't tell me what he does here, what, what, what the guy who slept with the wife did. But is this going to be what we do now? Where, dude, if you have sex with somebody's, like, spouse, like, the, the, you're going to have to owe them money? At this point, dude, just start pimping your wives out. <laughs> So, so, I mean, right? Right. I mean, so uh, when it comes to cheating, I mean, for $9 million, I would let anybody have sex with anybody. When, when it comes to, well, if you're not getting a divorce, not my kid. if you're not getting a divorce, you're still not entitled to that. So you're going to have to marry her, let her some other rich dude bang her, and then divorce her, and then maybe you'll get paid out. So let me get this straight. <laughs> so I get rid of my wife and I get $9 million? So. I think what Dude, the lottery should sell that ticket. <laughs> I think with cheating as <laughs> a whole, that's the ticket they should sell. You have to be mad at the partner. You know what I'm saying? If my girlfriend is to go out and cheat on me with another dude or whoever, I, it doesn't make sense for me to get mad at the third party. Yeah, see, I, th- th- you and I agree on this. I, I have never understood this. Like I've had guy friends who get mad at the guy and then they want to drive around all night, find the guy, beat the Jesus, guy, up, man, and I don't get okay. it. And of course, when I say I don't get it, of course, what I mean is I totally understand it. You have a caveman brain, you're a small boy, and you think that the only way to resolve conflict is by punching somebody. You're an idiot, which is ultimately why your girlfriend slept with somebody else. Let's just circle around that. That, and she's probably a hoe, right? There's a little bit of that thrown in there, too. But what you're doing there, beating the guy up, is because you're not emotionally stable enough or emotionally grown up enough to do the thing you really want to do, which is hold the person who actually hurt you accountable for their actions. Oh, I'll forgive the hoe. Once I beat the guy up, now I'm going to feel better. As if you're going to punch him hard enough to make her go, yeah, you know what? I should probably stop going down on his friends. Right. Once the... uh, (laughs) That's never going to happen. Once that bridge has been crossed, yeah, you're not just going to go like beat him up and she's going to be like, oh, man, boy, I was really wrong with sleeping with him. Um, and, 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 and you can't necessarily go physical violence if your no. girlfriend cheats on you. You know what I mean? So I think that's why people go to that, like why I want to kick his ass as opposed to my girlfriend's ass. But like, 
Because you're a child. If 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 this if this is a situation where you can prove in the court of law, not just that this was a one night hookup, he didn't know we were married. She took she took the ring off, and and boy, how was I supposed to know? Okay, that's one thing. But if he knows and knowingly is putting in the work to break up your marriage, are you entitled to something? Because he did. He destroyed what your future plans were. He destroyed. No, 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 no. I I think, dude, look. If you want to hold somebody accountable for that and you want the money from that, then the person you married is where that comes from. That's who destroyed your marriage. Even even in the situation where this person is knowingly I mean, pursuing. Yeah, because dude, what do you I mean, dude, what did he do? Like dangle the car keys in front of you and like you know what I mean? And like hypnotize you? Like you're a grown person. You know not to have sex with other people. Yes, I I I, I think, but you're a grown person, you know not to have sex with married people. Yeah, okay, but again, you're just the person. I mean, like, the law's already on the books, you know what I'm saying? If, but but again, if the logic is be mad at, the, at your at your wife or girlfriend for cheating on you, not the guy she did it with, then then the logic then applies to the same thing with the money then. Well, and I think, legal, I think legally, then she's still being held responsible in some capacity. I don't like letting somebody off on the hook just because they were asked so many times. Like that's like saying that's like saying, well, dude, I married a ten, so eventually she's just gonna have sex with somebody because the hotter you are, the more you get asked out. So I'm just supposed to say, well, I married a ten, so I just have to accept other dudes are gonna be with my wife. I don't know if I like that. If we want to make this rule, then I almost want the the spouse responsible for the money at the end of it because then I think that that will then make people stop and think to them, themselves. Do I really want to marry this person? This should make everybody stop and think to themselves. If this has happened and there is now legal precedent for this and there is now laws on the books right now, dude, when you are out there just slanging your D around on first Friday, like, dude, there is a little bit. I think everybody should pause and be like, ah. All right, hoes, settle down. This is North Carolina, not Ohio. First Friday <laughs> It's Friday. I need you guys just throwing that thing out on the street as easily as humanly possible. God, you idiot. I don't what is the matter with you, dude? It's only Tuesday. Don't you dare rain on my first Friday, you know, parade. God, he is just the absolute worst. More Sansbury show and some micro audio. That's next on Rock 1069. Dan Stansbury and his boy Wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansbury Show Show. Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Earlier this morning, we were uh, we were talking about this congressman from Oregon who was like tweeting something out, and he was talking about the first family and the first lady, and he used the hashtag hoebag, and it was like, you know, he was like, I think the tweet said something like, the first lady charges by the hour or works by the hour, and then there was like a hashtag hoebag, and like people were screen grabbing it before he deleted it and that whole thing, and like sending it all out, and... I just thought it was very, very, very strange. I just, uh, that to me is a weird place. And, I, you know, yeah, we can scream back and forth about who started what and why and where the bar and how the bar got dragged down. That's all fine and good. I just don't like the fact that the bar's been drugged down this far. I was making, I, I don't care what side of the aisle. My whole thing was is that I just couldn't imagine my parents sitting on the couch and my mom saying, dude, can you believe you just called her a hoe bag on TV? Like that would, like it just wouldn't have happened in my parents' era. You know what I mean? Like, I, I was saying this this morning that, like, all, like, these hot mic, like, live mic, oh, my God, I didn't realize my microphone was still on, moments are now just what we say openly, which is very, very strange. Hobag's such a weird, like, I don't know, term, too. Like, I don't necessarily view that as, like, 
I don't know. Just a weird, like, what a hoe bag over there. Like, oh, okay. I, I, I once made friends with somebody because of that particular word. It's very strange. Quick story. A woman who listens to the program a lot has got a couple of daughters and they're, they're in, they're college aged. And, um, one of them needed her taxes done, so she texted her mom. She was like, "Do my taxes, hoe bag!" And like, she posted the, the like the, the text exchange on Facebook. I thought it was like one of the funniest things ever, and we've be- all become like fast friends. And so that's that's kind of funny. But I don't want a congressional candidate like calling the first lady a hoe bag. No. I, I, I I'm I'm not wild about it. No, right? there there's there's something about like politics where you at least try to put on the air of. Civility, where at least it's like, yes, maybe you're thinking that, and like you said, maybe it's a hot mic moment, but dude, just coming out and saying it is unacceptable. It's not good, it's dude. Unacceptable. Like, why are we on the playground? I don't want to be on the playground with this stuff. And one of the guys who I have said forever that I believe could be president before Trump became president, I was saying, I believe this guy can be president. I still believe he could be president. True. And I still believe that he will one day run for president. This is Mike Rowe. And he sat down with Ben Shapiro the other day. Again, a guy that I get crucified for enjoying a little bit here and there. Because apparently you're just awful if you're willing to listen to a little bit of you know rhetoric from both sides. That makes you awful. You're only tolerant if you only will digest rhetoric from one side. That's what makes you tolerant. Is accepting one side is completely true and avoiding everything else. Then, then you're tolerant. Thanks, Twitter. But... He sat down with Mike Rowe, Ben Shapiro did, and we have a little bit of the audio where uh, this is Mike explaining what he thinks a lot of the problem is. We've become uh, slowly and inexorably and profoundly disconnected from a lot of very basic things that when I grew up, I was really connected to a basic history, basic curiosity, you know, uh, the things that fundamentally allow us to assume a level of appreciation that, in my view, is the best way to bridge those gaps. When we start losing our appreciation for those things, the gap deepens. I think there's great um, common sense that is still alive and well in a lot of people. And I think that as they look at the headlines, they're frustrated. And uh, to be fair, I think people on the coasts uh, are coming at it from their own bias and they're frustrated. And so a lot of frustrated people are talking really loud uh, past each other. All right. I, you can obviously hear that somebody put together a compilation of like pull quotes from that interview, that that was not run, you know, fluidly that. So I don't want to I don't want to rake them too far over the coals because I didn't watch the entire interview yet. But we're getting a little broad stroke with. You know, curiosity and a little broad stroke with we're losing connection to these things and then not hyper defining what those things are for me that I believe this is what happens that nobody really wants to talk about the thing. So we just start using words that end the conversation about the thing Ah, things are just divisive right now. Ah, things are polarizing right now where instead of talking about the thing we talk about how nobody talks about the thing where it's so you see what I'm saying? Like he broad stroked it just a little too much there. Like, I don't know what he, what do you actually mean? Yeah, I, I guess there's a little bit of, and I've always thought this was kind of a ridiculous take where people are like, well, we'll just stop using, you know, I'll stop calling you black. You stop calling me white and racism just disappears. And it's like, eh, that's a, that's barroom logic of like, well, if we all just, if we all just didn't think about it, we would all just be done with it. So yeah, I take your point there of, of, 
you have to be more specific. Like you, and I, but I guess there's Mike Rowe doing what he's going to do, though, and that is what makes you popular, and that is what makes you acceptable on a mainstream level. Is that little bit of well, I give myself wiggle room here to go one way or the other, where I'm not so definitive in anything that I can that I get stuck there. I think he would be honestly. I think he's every. He's the Democrat establishment's biggest nightmare. He is the biggest nightmare for you. Because I believe Mike Rowe is a guy who can reach back into that side of the aisle and pull votes out. I think he's a guy who leans right, would probably run as a Republican, who could lean across the aisle and grab fringe people who normally find, who go, "Eh, all right, I'll probably go over here and get them back over on that side. You just keep repeating common sense barroom logic, and it's like, okay, yeah, I understand that, and more so than any other president in the the past who's been like, well, I relate to that guy. I mean, you really don't relate to President Trump. You really didn't relate to George W. You thought you did because of like the plain smoking nature at, at times that they use. But those dudes are elites. Establishment. Mike, Mike Rowe. Mike Rowe. Yes, he's rich from a television now. show in that. But like he can very, very much play the card of I'm not an elite. Look at all these jobs that I've done, dude. I came to Canton, Ohio, and I was hanging out with Officer Lamar Sharp. Like he that's what very, I'm very, very much can play that card. This is this is a Republican candidate that does not come off as racist, and that's what everybody loves. Oh, you're Republican, must be racist. Mike Rowe does not necessarily come off as racist but does want you to take responsibility for your actions, does want you to understand that what you do and how you react to situations is a lot of the reason why situations end up going the way they went, that he wants you to understand that. He wants you to work harder. He wants a little different focus on maybe let's not tell every kid that the only way you can get ahead in life is by going to college because a lot of kids are not built for college and that a a little bit more of a focus into the trades is necessary. I just think there needs to be a balance on that because I've seen a lot of like anti-college rhetoric recently and like I get what you guys are saying and I'm not saying yo go $100,000 in debt and have no you know have no job to show for it. Of course that's a terrible terrible situation but at the same time at the end of the day a college graduate, vast majority of the time, is going to make considerably more money. A million dollars over your lifetime. Right. So it's a like a million dollars more over your lifetime. That's a pretty big amount of money, if you ask me. It's a lot of money. And 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 that number, honestly, uh, forgive me, is a number that used to get thrown around five years ago. It could be more now. Now, shoving shoving college down everyone's throat, of course, is a bad idea, but sure. villainizing it and making it this like, oh, dude, it's just if you go to college, boy, you must be a liberal that loves yeah. burning money. It's like, what are we talking well, about? I here? mean, you can't go that far. But a lot, but again, money. Much like people getting married and having kids, a lot of people go to college because it's what you think your parents wanted you to do. When in reality, going to college without a defined vision of what it is you want when you get out of there is kind of dumb. That is kind of dumb. Now, the reason why we tell people to go to college is because we have seen this be true. Whereas people that take a break from education end up taking a long break and most of them don't end up going back. So what we want is get out of high school. Yeah, you get this summer and then keep the momentum going with your education. I understand that, but in the end, I, it's what's led to a lot of the problem. Mike Rowe, he wrote a foreword for a book that I just read recently. It was um, Senator Ben Sass's uh, The Vanishing American Adult, and he talked about a lot of the things that seemed like he covered in this interview here, and I really do believe 100% in what you said of, like, this dude knows he's got a shot at this. This dude is playing his cards as, sure. as we sit here today, and, and obviously the political divide exists. The political divide within the Republican Party exists, and I think Mike 
Micro looks at that, sees that, says, "Dude, this is my opportunity. In this chaos, becomes my becomes my my chance here." And and I think you're spot on where this dude has bigger political ambitions. Oh, I've I've said it for years. I've said I mean, you can just hear the way the guy talks on his TV shows. I've been saying it for years that this guy will be president. And again, he is the Democrats' biggest nightmare. And you should be terrified of this man because what's going to happen is dude the next guy that comes out from that side that isn't donald trump is going to reunite that side of that aisle like nothing you've ever seen and when people can feel like they can come out of the woodwork and be like yeah i am a conservative when they won't feel like they're going to be called a racist or a bigot for doing so because mike Rowe doesn't come off that way (laughs) wait till you see that happen he is the democrats biggest biggest nightmare he is keeping them up at night they're terrified he will run and i'm telling you right now as a guy who leans left if he runs i'm telling you you got a very good shot at me pulling that lever with mike rose name on it absolutely you got a good shot of that more stansbury show right around the corner you guys hang on the stansbury show canton's rock station rock 101 Yo guys, Fantone from the Stansberry Show here to tell you about the Rollholt Vision Institute. It still happens to me all the time, dude. I wake up in the morning, I reach for my glasses, and all of a sudden I remember, dude, you do not need those. I got 20-20 vision thanks to the LASIK surgery I had done at Rollholt. And I'm telling you, your summertime is going to be so much easier when you don't have to worry about glasses or contacts. So if you've been thinking about LASIK surgery, I know you have some questions, which is why the Rollholt Vision Institute has made everything perfectly clear for you at their website. That is RollholtVision.com. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We're online for you at WRQK.com. And we'll pass out some George Thorough good tickets at 9.30 during your Tuesday. Where you're getting new Extension, new Kenny Chesney, new Kid Cadaver. Also play some old Tom Petty during that as well. Unreleased track out uh, released the other day. This next topic of conversation... It will be impossible for me to talk to you about this, talk to all of you about this, and not think about everybody I work with and wonder who it might be. All right. Because this is about creepy stuff that's going on in the building in which you work. All All of us. A survey carried out by Time Out New York found that 39% of office workers admitted they masturbate in the bathroom at work and it's not one off or one time that this is something that they do really both men and women admitted to pleasuring themselves while either bored or stressed at work 40% 40 wow wow one person said if i'm really hung over at work Masturbating will help me feel better. She went on to say, what do you want from me? I'm a horny lady. This was a woman. Like a little, little bit of like self, self-restriction self there, lady. Good Lord. Because admit, when you heard 40% of people admit to masturbating at work, you thought men are gross. Men are pigs. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what you thought. Oh, yeah. But sure enough, the first person, woman. 40%. I buy it. I think it's more. Really? I think, it, dude. I think it might be more. Really? Fifty percent, dude. This to me is very much akin to not that the activity is the same, but this is very much like pedophilia to me, where 
What do I always say every time we hear a story about a pedophile? Why would you risk all that to have sex with a kid? Well, of course, because it's compulsion. Because there's a little bit of like losing control mentally. We know sex can do this with people. So therefore, I am not surprised that a person, a grown-up, could risk everything in their lives by being caught masturbating at work. As a matter of fact, I bet that that's what leads into it more. That that's part of the turn-on. That you might get caught and you might get some negative repercussions over your actions. Now, if if you are the kind of person who is willing to do this at work, who has such a compulsion to do this at work, wouldn't you be doing it everywhere you went? Could you stop yourself from doing it at a store? Um. I would imagine that that if you are willing to masturbate at work, that you're willing to masturbate in the store. This particular study wanted to find out what people were doing at work, so, so that's what they asked them, and that's what we're talking about. So, do you think that you would at that point? I mean, are you, so if you're a masturbator at work, I'm saying you're a masturbator everywhere you go in life. I There's think, nothing stopping you. I, I I think that there are probably times where you could maybe you know work yourself out of that, but that if you can't, but yes, if you're willing to do it at work, you're willing to do it other places. I just feel like that's a really high number. 40% of people are that far into this that it's like, dude, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it at work. I, 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 I just feel like that's a high number. I don't think so. I think it's compulsion, dude, and I think it's sex, and I think it's one of these things that people, and again, most people aren't getting the amount of sex that they wish they were getting. And most people on top of that will do anything to avoid their responsibilities in their workplace. So you combine those three things together, and then what ends up happening? Yeah, I mean, I can definitely see people being like, "Well, I'm, I'm, you know, I hate my job anyway. I might as well go like screw them out of money." You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm getting paid to poop. Like, I can see that. Okay, now again, I think maybe why you're getting hung up on the number is, is because I think you're thinking too much about people working solely in cubicles and offices. Think about a couple of the guys we know who listen to this show every day. One of them's out there in a truck right now in the middle of nowhere, taking readings off of a machine. You mean to tell me that dude's never, not one time, been like, you know what, I'm in the middle of this field right now. Nobody's going to know what I'm doing. I'm going to undo this belt. I'm going to crank this out right here. Yes, he has. Yeah, I guess I, this was office jobs, I think. you. Were, but but when you start factoring in The bathroom's other, at work. When you start factoring in other stuff there, when you start factoring in like like retail jobs, restaurant jobs, stuff like that, then, yeah, I guess those numbers would probably be higher than office workers, in in my opinion. So, I don't know, man. I don't know. I just feel like 40% of people who are masturbating at work with some regularity, I just feel like that's a high number. I do. I Well, again, you got to realize it was a survey done of random New Yorkers and this and that. So, who knows? But we normally then go, ah, you got to think the number's higher because it's self-reporting. People aren't going to want to admit it. So think about that. Like, is the number actually higher than 40? I I just, I can't, I can't wrap my head around 50% of people, one in two people, like you, you divide your, your office in half and one side or the other is the chronic masturbators. Okay. There's a department. If we walk out of this studio right here, we walk to the left, right? There's a department of people. I'm not going to say which one. There's a department of people sitting over there. And I think it's, Let's say there's eight people that are supposed to be sitting in there every day, right? Right. Out of those eight people, you give me the number. Now, those people, not of eight people, but of those those eight people, how many of them are capable of doing this in the office? (sighs) One for sure. Okay. One is one for sure. One or two is my guess. One or two of the eight. I feel like that's even probably a lot there. She's way too prude. But... 
I'm saying three of those eight. Wow. I'm telling. I'm telling you, three of those eight that's have 40%. done this in this office. Wow. Yeah, you would be right. Yeah, that hey, is right. That's forty percent there. So I, 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 I guess it to me, it just feels high, dude. I mean, I've never masturbated in this building, me so either. it's like, well, if I haven't, I've had sex in this building. And though. You haven't, like. Good God, people, like, what are you doing? What is going on where you can't keep your hands off of yourself? If you're, dude, if you're chronically masturbating at work, I'm sorry, dude, you gotta go talk to somebody, dude. You gotta get that thing in check. Like, you do. Yeah, I mean, dude, don't get me wrong. I've definitely done this at work, but it was forever and a day ago. Now, have I sped home, <laughs> I guess, after work? <laughs> yes. Uh, so I guess, I mean, you know, six to five and pick them there, which one's worse. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I've done that. But I would agree that if you can't make it through your work day as a grown-up, talk right. to somebody about that. Right. Or get a better job, maybe, where you got a little bit more to do there. New Tour Tuesday starts next on Rock 106.9. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever. Kent's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. No we clue, like, dude. I have no idea what we're doing, but uh, but we did. We like Googled it. Like uh, you know, we did that whole thing. Extension, his new song, Moonlight. That's pretty weird. No matter what this is, people are gonna be like, "Oh, the greatest rapper of all time." You get murdered, and all of a sudden, everyone thinks that you're much the more popular. Sure, yeah. And think about that, but yes, that is weird. Now, is Extension responsible for something bigger that I would have known as like a frame of reference? Like he's also this guy? Not that I can recall. I mean, I've known about the dude for a while, but it was one of those things. It's one of those bands you hear about, but you never heard. This is Iggy Azalea. Or, no, not her. Azalea Banks. Azalea Banks. Where I'm always like, yeah, I hear her name every day, but I've never heard her music everywhere or anywhere. Am I old? Is this yes, good? you are old. There's is no question good? about that. Is this because, dude? Here's the thing. I still like a lot of new music that comes out. I like a lot of new hip hop that comes out, but this just sounds bad. At the end of the day, you can find out exactly when you got old. Answer or fill in the blank here. They stopped making good music. And whatever, and whatever you say, yeah. that's when you got old. But no, dude, I'm not. I'm not putting this one to old man Stansberry territory. Because I, I love new rich homie. I love all that stuff. There's, there's. I think any genre of music, there's new good music. Whether you yes. like country, whether you like rap, whether you, you go like find rock, it. you have to go find it. And good thing is, there's a million ways to do it. I'm not going to put this one on old man Stansberry. Now, though. Kelsey tweeted in and told me that Extension was such a trash human being, though. She says, I can't get into his music because he was such a trash human being. Beat the crap out of his pregnant girlfriend, if, oh. I, if I remember correctly. And I think there was another sexual assault something. Oh. I, I don't remember all the details. Did not too. know any of that. I do, I do not remember Didn't all the details. Didn't know any of that. Not surprised. I mean, welcome to Slips. Moonlight. 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 Moonl
Have you ever seen this dude before? Is it the dude with all the dreads? Yeah, he's got like your had multicolored like dreads yeah, and like and uh, tattoos on his face and stuff. And like, I, dude, did you see that new meme out there that says all these SoundCloud rappers, their faces look like a Chipotle bag? <laughs> <laughs> Which is so funny because, dude, again, like I think Post Malone's a little bit talented. But all the tattoos all over your face, do you look like an idiot? Now, when you get into the world of like, hey, I'm going to be a musician for the rest of my life. I mean, Nikki Six and Post Malone, and it's like, yeah, you guys can go ahead and tat it all up there. But I know there's, well, yeah, and I know there's plenty of dudes who are like, oh, I'm going to be a rapper when I when I grow up. And it's like, well, you don't get the face tattoos yet, dude. Wait until you at least have one single before you have the face tattoos. We have a saleswoman here whose son is trying to become a white rapper, right? And uh, and I (laughs) and I make fun of her all the time for it. I do. I make fun of her all the time for it. I was like, dude, whatever you do. Tell that idiot not to tat his face all Not up. yet. Otherwise, dude, you're going to have to work until they put you in the ground to pay for him. <laughs> that doesn't sound real great. And I love rap music. I can't stand when guys who shouldn't be singing, like, dude, you're a rapper. Quit singing the hook, dude. Go get Nate Dog. He'll sing the hook for you. But, like, we haven't even gotten into, like, actual rapping yet. No, yeah, I agree with you. This isn't rap. You're just singing. So that is still him, though. You're not rapping. Okay, no, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. He didn't say anything there, right? There wasn't actually not nothing. He just kind of right. I mean, dude, and don't get me wrong. I mean, dude, come on. I mean, everybody's a little guilty of this stuff, but I mean, dude, he legitimately didn't say anything there, right? Let's see. What? You're on the phone. Make it all right. Hold on, let me uh, let me see what I can do with this here. Bang the gang all night? What, you, what, did, he, what did he say? Uh, what we're going to try to do is we're going to try to slow this down. Oh, right yeah, here. slow down some extension. Yeah, those no, are not words. Those dude. are not words. Yeah, no, 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 there's extension on getting his best Eddie Vedder on. Eddie Vedder hasn't said a word in like 25 years either, you know what I mean? That's not even flow. Like, what? Alright, so we're in the moonlight. Gotta get my mood right, right. In the moonlight. Shorty looks right. Shorty looks right. In the moonlight. In the moonlight. When I'm getting my mood right. That's what we're doing right now. I like it. <laughs> getting your mind right getting stoned, right? Yeah, I think so. Doing drugs. That sound called rapper for getting high, right? Blunted is what yeah. they called it. Well, blunted is what they called it, but now, yeah, I think it is. You know, they call um, weed gas now. Yeah, that's like the big thing. That's is a, like that's the new thing. Who need the gas? And I'm like, I don't know, dude. dude I gotta, the I words for weed are so funny. Like when I remember when they first started calling it loud, right? And I remember thinking to myself, 
This is the first time I'm hearing this, and I know exactly what they mean. <laughs> because it is. It's like really good weed. It's like, Jesus, what is that? Like, it's definitely, it's, I mean, it makes no sense, but it did make sense to me. I um, I told you about that documentary or that documentary series explained, and yes. yesterday it was about weed. And one of the things they talked about is quit calling weed these different names. You have no idea. Your drug dealer has no idea what he's selling you. There is no there is no purple death star. There is no meow meow kush kush. I like hate they're that. just all made up names. The Death Star is just weed. Do you want this or this? Oh, dude, open the bag and let me smell it. I'll be able to tell you by that. <laughs> Give me names. I don't even like saying the names of new fast food items. <laughs> and now I'm gonna be listing off names of weed. Yeah, I don't think anybody's going to miss Accentione all that much. I'm telling you, dude, people love that guy. He's fine. Younger people love that guy. Really? People are like, he's the new Tupac. And I'm like, I don't know. Nah. I don't know. Come on. The new Tupac. Guys, you need to relax with that. Tupac had some hits before he died, dude. I can't even name another Accentione song. I don't even know another one. I don't. <laughs> Here's the thing. And this, I'll, I'll respect Tupac for this. Made it easy to spell the guy's name. <laughs> you know what I mean? You made that easy. There's the new Accentione, and probably the last. Probably. As, uh, that's the new one, Moonlight. Phantom, give me the vote. It's a turn. Um, I said in the middle of this that there's plenty of good new music in regardless of genre, but Extension is just not it, dude. Dude, that sucked, man. That was a turd. No, the new <laughs> is not a good song. It's not. I'm voting turd on extension. It's a turd. New Kenny Chesney, Island Rain, next on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Played you the new extension, and uh, people are surprised we did it. Really? Tanya's like, I can't even believe you played that thing. I was like, man, I didn't know anything about it before I played it. She's like, yeah, I could tell. That thing was terrible. It was bad. It was not very good. His uh, Extension's latest Moonlight. Fortunately, we uh, we lost Extension on timely death there. R.I.P. I don't know anything about the guy. Apparently, he beat up his girlfriend though. Yeah, pretty bad too. Pregnant girlfriend. Ah, oh, that's not. Good. Yeah, even worse there. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Uh, dude, don't beat up your girlfriend. That part's not nice. Don't do that. It's not. It's not good. We have your uh, country song. All right. Kicking this week, uh, an artist I love, Kenny Chesney, big huge fan. And uh, watch me set him up and have it be terrible. <laughs> Here but, we go. But he normally writes songs like, or at least then records songs that somebody else wrote that uh, about this kind of stuff very well. I have not heard this yet. It is called Island Rain. Let's take a listen. Dude, he's had a massive run, Kenny. Yeah. Nineteen ninety three. He just does. He does what he does, and he does it really well. Really. And well. I, I think with country music. He's kind of has his own lane, and anytime you can find your own lane within a lane, you're going to have success there because it's like, dude, nobody else is really nobody else is really trying to make the island party song like he does. Well, yeah, he's definitely you can definitely have always been able to hear early, early on the Buffett, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, influence in his music. And what I will give Kenny a lot of credit for is again, people like to be like, these country artists don't even write their own songs. Well, Kenny does write some of his stuff, not all of it, but some of it. But what he does do is he cherry picks when other people 
people write songs really, really well. Again, Sam Hunt, a guy I bag on a lot for saying, dude, I don't really think Sam Hunt has the artist gene, like the like the, the singer gene, but he definitely knows how to write a song. Kenny Chesney once bar, once took a, one of his songs called Come Over and made it a smash hit, made it a huge hit. Because again, that last little bit between pretty talented and star is actually like Grand Canyon wide. Here's Island Rain from Kenny. Steel drums right there. Oh, I hate those. Yeah, that's the problem with a lot of Kenny Chesney stuff when he goes into this island sound. Dude, dude you can't put a dipper into that. You can't get well, the thing stuck to that. You can't, dude. Sometimes I think Kenny Chesney forgets that not all of us play 110 shows a year and then spend three months on the beach in Mexico when we don't feel like singing songs anymore. Like, sometimes I think he forgets, dude. Some of us are just pulling a, a ship to Kinko's. Like, dude, I, I got copies to make, dude. Like, I don't, I don't have time for margaritas in the middle of the day. Did he just go right into the chorus there? Did he just skip the verse and just go directly into the chorus? Yeah, little Beatles there. Good for him, dude. Yeah. That's a way to do Get it. Get back to it. Used to go there, but it hits you just the same. Close your eyes and see what matters. Wash away your worry and pain. There's holy water. He can actually sing too a little bit. Like he does have Kenny's got a good voice. Like he just knows how to do it. Maybe one you have ain't what you wanted. Where you are ain't where you wanna be. Everyone in America right now. Yes. Yes. <laughs> True. Just the same. Close your eyes and see what matters. And wash away your worry and pain. There's holy water and an island rain. Sounds like when you're depressed on vacation, where it's like, yeah, stuff's still pretty nice around here, but I hate my life. Like, yeah. this, dude, this is so much. This is so much money. How am I going to pay these credit cards off? Yeah, like Florida <laughs> Tinder didn't pan out. <laughs> it does sound like that, dude. I thought Tampa <laughs> Tinder would be lit. I do like him though. One of the better shows I've seen too. He's fun. Yeah, I'm sure this is a good live show. Yeah, he's fun. The crowd's always fun, much like Buffett. A bajillion hits. Yeah. Like, yeah, dude, dude. Sure oh, yeah. Good. Plenty of hits. Every day is a blessing to be counted. Every night is a lesson to be learned. What we should have done was play one of the hits. Should have. Uh, he's got them. That's what we should have done. Takes a whole lot of up and down to make a turn. Out of 
go there, but it hits you just the same. Close your eyes and see what matters. Wash away your worry and pain. There's holy water in an island rain. Oh, there's holy water in it. Yeah, cleanse you of your sins there. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about that one. Oh my god, he's already got the new album out. Songs for the Saints is already out. I haven't heard this new album yet. That sounds very familiar. Like he's not even trying to hide the fact that he stole it from another song. You know how kind of like Kid Rock put whatchamacallit in all summer long? Like how he kind of put whatchamacallit's Werewolves like, of London. The, the, uh, well, and the Skinner song too, oh, yeah, isn't that right? Oh, yeah. Which, by the way, I'm glad you said this. So the other day I was listening to some like classic music, like classic rock music. Okay. Right? So that kind of thing. And Werewolves of London came on. And that's a song I've loved my entire life. Loved it. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the song starts. I saw a werewolf with a Chinese menu in his hand walking through Soho in the rain. And we all just went, yeah. That's okay. It's no big deal. Yeah, dude. Fine, dude. What? The entire world just went, sure. Yeah, absolutely. What? In the hell is Werewolves in London about? Warren Ziva, what the hell is that song about? A werewolf walking with a Chinese menu in his hand? Nobody and cares. all of us were just like, sure, yeah, no, get it. I don't get it. Yeah, I'm not a steel drum, dude. I don't know how this is still going on, dude. Like, I lo- dude, I want to go on vacation. I just yeah. want the band not to play when I'm there. <laughs> Could you stop that? Play Van Halen! Like, that would be me. Well, iHeartRadio, take it anywhere you want. That's true. I could. I'm sure we have a beach playlist. A lot of Kenny Chesney on it, I'm sure. All right, Kenny, come on. There, there we go. There we go. There, there we go. It is. There's new Kenny Chesney Island Rain. Fans, don't give me the vote. It's a turd. Um, there's some sounds that don't play well with a ballad. Like, you never hear, like, a slow, down-tempo ska song, nor should you ever hear a slow, down-tempo Kenny Chesney song, because, like, dude, you're supposed to be a good time. You're supposed to be having fun. You're supposed to... That island sound is supposed to be light and, like, fun, and that song just dragged the entire time, so I'm going to call it a third. Uh, he's written a million... Or recorded, I should say, because I don't know if he's written them all but he's written or recorded a million ballads and they've been great so i disagree a little bit there but i do agree that if you're going to island it up then let's do let's pop corona tops and get drunk let's have a good time i agree with that that song for an artist i love expectations said happiness my expectations were way high did not deliver massive turd it's a turd we have new kid cadaver and some old tom petty you'll get them both next on rock 106.9 the Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. Yeah. Let's start the whining soon. Yeah. I always call this stuff Trapper Keeper Rock. Every night we 
this? It's, it's not rock music, right? Like, no. That's just it. Like, I wouldn't know what to do with this record. Yeah, where do you put this? What is this? Like, again, this is... Did it, like, if you work for the label and you're trying to get people to play... It, this is KDDville, right? That's where you're taking this record is KDD? I get... I mean, it's more of a pop record than a rock record for sure. I mean, that's this, where Cake in the Ocean goes and all that but, other But crap. this doesn't fit in there. This just sounds like... This just sounds like a, like, a, like, a, like, a, like, a, like a misfit, like, you know, a toy. Like, it just doesn't have a home here. Oh, I disagree. I feel like this sounds like all the other like half-ass rock music that stations like KDD plays. Shut up and dance with me, cake in the ocean, whatever the hell else people are always saying in those songs. This sounds exactly like all that to me. I would have thought this was Foster the People had nobody told me. It's kind of forgettable. Totally. Yeah, it needs to be a little bit more fun. kind of song for like a couple in a movie to be riding a bike outside of New York City and like they're getting to know each other like that kind of thing but like it's a very forgettable song also why do bands like this have more than one person in them those yeah, aren't why do you instruments have to be a band, right? those aren't instruments why aren't we just grabbing a singer why has this band got like five people in it yeah, I mean, you're just cutting your check up into uh, smaller and smaller pieces. Why are you doing that? Oof, yikes. There's a new Kid Cadaver, probably the last one you'll hear. That's uh, that's sleep-touching. Fans, don't give me the vote. It's a turn. I don't think there was anything redeemable about that song. It wasn't catchy. It wasn't, like, singable. It wasn't, like, musically good. It wasn't like, wow, well, dude, it's not a hit, but, you know, musically it's something. That was just a turd through and through. Yeah, I could not agree anymore. That song was a massive turd. It's a turd. We do have a, uh, a song that was uh, previously unreleased. It, uh, we played you a snippet of it last week, and uh, we have the full thing here. This is old Tom Petty being uh, uh, you know, officially released now, back from 1982, which would have been after Hard Promises came out in 1981, I believe. So 
right before Long After Dark, maybe. This might have been an excerpt from Long After Dark. The song is called, uh, I'm sorry, I forget what it's called again already. Uh, Leave a Little Love or Love a Little Leave or, hold on, let me find it It's it's, Hold on, I'm sorry, I forgot forgot we were playing it. I forgot forgot to write it down. It's Leave a Little Something. It's not Patient. Leave a Little Soul. Leave Leave a Little little Soul. soul. Leave a Little Soul. Leave a Little Soul. This is uh, old, new Tom Petty. Two, one, and two. It's our only hope here. Two, three. Well, this one I've listened to a lot over the last few days. Have you have you deep dived into this new old Tom Petty yet? Just this Just one this song. One. Yeah. I think that new box set comes out in September, I want to say. I think you might be right. I know you tried hard, hard to get right. Now, I love him, but when people tell me, ah, dude, Tom Petty's voice kind of annoys me. I can get it. We were talking. We were talking about him, whatever it was last week or earlier this week. Um, he's got such a unique voice that plays so well with what's happening up on stage. I get what you're saying, but I disagree with what they're saying. Yeah, I, I mean, he doesn't annoy me. Obviously, as he's a top three artist for me, I love him. But I get why people can get a little like grinding with him with his voice. Yeah, Hard Promises came out in 1981. Long After Dark came out in 1982. So my best guess is he left this off of Long After Dark. Which was a great album. You get Change of Heart, You Got Lucky, Straight Into Darkness, Between Two Worlds. That was such a great record. What I, the, the, the thing that strikes me most about this song is that, like, let's say people came over my house, right? And you know I'm a Tom Petty fan. So, like, let's say I put on my iHeartRadio, like, you know, and I'm just streaming, like, playlists that I made. And this song comes up. What could happen with people in this song is you could be drinking your beer and go, dude, I haven't heard this I haven't heard this Tom Petty song in 20 years. It feels like I've heard this song a million, a million times. times. Right. Exactly right. And that's Tom Petty. That's what I love about it. Want to hear a sad Tom Petty story? Sure. So the last time he played here, yeah, which was actually the cue, yeah. I guess the promotions department didn't know that I was a huge Tom Petty fan, and the show comes and I reached out, or I said something on Facebook. I said, "Hey, if you have Tom Petty tickets, take me, and I'll sleep with you if you take me." You know, kind of joking around, and uh, our promotions person was like, "Hey, too bad I'm at a wedding out of state. There's a pair of Tom Petty tickets uh-huh. sitting in my desk, locked." So, dude, the last Tom Petty show he played right before, like in this area before he died, I missed because they were locked in a cabinet somewhere in this building. Yeah, that one still stings, dude. Met the man once too. That was a big moment.
I know I was saying the other day, and I still kind of feel this way, though, Fantone, where it's like, I'm a big Tom Petty fan. And to the point to where it's not just like, yeah, running down a dream's good. Free falling's kind of good. Like, I really respect the artistry of Tom Petty and ultimately, really, Mike Campbell, his, uh, his guitar player. And, uh, and then again, you throw in Jimmy Iovine, the music producer, and now you get damn the torpedoes. So, like, I really respect him as an artist. So I have a hard time accepting music, liking it, consuming it, when it was released without... I mean, dude, this song was from a 1982 session. If Tom wanted it out, it would have been out. I, 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 the thing I'm going to assume with Tom Petty, and I don't know if this is a safe assumption or not, you knew as an artist... You've got all this stuff behind you. I'm going to assume through his will, will through his powers to be, it was like, hey, I don't necessarily want this stuff out today, but once I pass, start to leak it out. Yeah, so dude, I'm alive yeah, forever. Right. All right. I mean, yeah, I could maybe see it. No, if the case is, is that like his ex-wife had these tapes and she's being a bitch about it, and you or know, just and, trying to make money and, and trying to make money, then yeah. But I'm going to assume. I think Tom Petty, Prince, these guys knew, like, hey, I, dude, I've got this catalog, and I'm sure most artists nowadays think this, where it's like I, I, something has to happen with. This. Never would have thought of that, and I hope that that's what it is because I do feel a little. Good. It's like, dude, I know how personally musicians take their music, and if they wanted it out, my guess is it would have been out. But I never thought about it like that. Yeah, I mean, fourth time we're at the chorus, and I'm already like bobbing my head, singing along a little bit. Like. And like I always say about it, I say it every time we bring up Tom Petty. The moment it song, the moment that song starts, you know it's Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. And actually, that's a bigger testament to Mike Campbell than it even is of Tom Petty. God, were they such a great band! Such a great, great band. The Heartbreakers were so good. Like I said, they just complemented each other. Like the sound of his voice, unique, but still just did so well with what was happening up on stage musically. Yeah. Like, and I'm getting a little nerdy here, but Ben Montench, which, which is the, the, their keyboard player, was really good and just knew how to be in and out of like the hooks. They, he, they were God. They were so great. The Heartbreakers were so so good. There's a uh, well new old Tom Petty. The song is uh, "Leave a Little Soul for Me," and uh, Phantom, give me the vote there. Not a Finally, we needed a song that didn't suck, and Tom Petty delivered there. Um, like I said in it, you felt like you knew it before you even heard it, and by the time you kind of knew it, you had it. You know it enough. You were singing it at the top of your lungs, so not a turd. Yeah, you know it enough. I think like my vote is very easy. I'm gonna vote not a turd. Not a turd. Before we get out of here, uh, reached out to by Twitter. Uh, somebody says, hey, "Hey, I've been thinking about for a while coming out to a first Friday." Was wondering if this weekend with being Hall of Fame week is the good time to come or should I wait until September so I'm not so overwhelmed? Okay. <laughs> Let me address this. If you are capable of being overwhelmed by a block party, then keep your punk ass at home. Just keep your punk soft ass at home. Oh fine. my God, soft pretzels and people walking You'll be around. Fine, dude. You'll be fine. Don't you going to get overwhelmed? I mean, seriously. What are you going to get? What's overwhelming? A farmer's market? You can't handle the farmer's market? You're going to be fine. Quit living in fear. You will be just fine. Aside from that, we are done for the day. You know what? We're not. We're not. I have those George Thorogood tickets. Look at Sandsbury remembering that. I I have those George Thorogood tickets. Let's pass those out.
playing the Hard Rock Roxino on the 5th he is, and you're going to go. We'll take caller 25, 1-800-243-7625 on those. Aside from that, we are done now, and we will be back live at it tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. You guys have a great afternoon. See you.